welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing, where we explore the pathways to wellness and vibrant living. Listen to personal stories of healing and interviews with experts. Open a doorway to healing in your life. I'm your host, Dawn Damari. Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and this is A Teaspoon of Healing. Today, I have a motivational speaker, author, and entrepreneur on the show, and he's going to talk about what alignment is and how to manifest money, a business, or the career of your dreams. In the healing space, we often shy away from talking about money, but manifesting this is so important because, well, can't live without it in our society. So... My guest has a lot of wisdom to share, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Don Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. My guest today is Daniel Mangena, speaker and author. Hi, Daniel. Hey, thanks for having me. Really, really, really happy to be here. Well, thank you so much for joining me on A Teaspoon of Healing. And we were talking prior to this, and you're originally from England, from East London? Yeah, from East London, East London, born and raised, um, nice. but don't live there anymore. <laughs> yes, and you're in Cabo, correct? <laughs> yeah, I live in Cabo now. Nice. Beautiful down there. So your bio, I read it, and you have a very interesting story. And since this is a teaspoon of healing, we like to talk about people's healing journeys. Do you mind sharing your story? Sure. Um my story is like m- more like a trilogy, <laughs> like a, like a trilogy Good. of movies. Um, you've got the, the the first act, which kind of takes me from I don't know, sixteen till about twenty four. Um, you know, I had a lot of success for a young, created a business with uh, my friend's older brother and some of his friends. All went very well until it went to pants, and we lost everything. Um, that then leads me into the next movie, which was when I, I actually dalliance with suicide. And when I talk about dalliancing with suicide, oh. it's it's what's most interesting for me is that the only reason why I didn't actually follow through wasn't because I was scared about you know what was on the other side or you know I, I bottled it about you know t- doing the act. I actually just didn't want to fail and I didn't have a surefire way of committing suicide. So that actually took me into a whole like second movie movie of my of my life. And that whole second movie was my journey initially into understanding what had gone wrong, not because I wanted to live life, but because I wanted to succeed in ending my life. So movie two was going on this journey to understand what had gone wrong about my model of understanding reality, what had gone wrong about my understanding of of, of manifesting and creating outcomes so that I could just direct that finding into successfully committing suicide. And then the movement into movie three happened completely by accident because over time I kind of accidentally got so obsessed with what I was finding on this journey that I didn't realize that unconsciously I started stepping more into choosing life. And that period of time takes me into when I was diagnosed with Asperger's at the age of 27 and then rebuilding my life again on the back of that choice to actually live life versus being committed to ending life. And now this current movie is taking that message of hope, that message of 
Dreaming with Your Eyes Open, that message of consciously choosing your life and sharing it with others around the world through my books and my writing and so on. Speaking, sorry. Well, that's very powerful. And a lot of people are struggling right now. So mm-hmm. that could be really helpful to them if people are feeling like there's no hope. Mm-hmm. They can listen to you. And well, what advice would you, t- would you tell someone from your experience? You know, it's, it's, people ask me, you know, what, what was, what's my advice about it? I really stumbled upon choosing life. That's the crazy thing. Uh, I, I'm just so grateful that I had the, the pause that came from the limiting beliefs about success. You know, limiting beliefs sometimes can be for the weird. In this case, it was. But ultimately, it's creating that space for themselves. Like it, you've, you've got the opportunity to look at someone that's telling you, if you create some space, you will find that joy, that reason for living. So now that we are able to have, you know, we've got enough consciousness to have this conversation, you know, here at a level of consciousness, take a moment for yourself, take some time out for yourself, create space for you to really ask yourself, do I want to choose life? Wonderful. So asking yourself, do I want to choose life? Because you have to want to. Yeah, you do. And go forward and just, would you say, one step at a time, one day at a time? One moment at a time, one choice at a time. I love to talk about a principle um, I teach about called micro-shifting, which is, you know, just taking baby steps every day, asking yourself, what can I do now without resistance that leads me in the direction of what I want? Not what's the next step, not what's the next jump, What's the tiniest thing, even if it's just moving my body, even if it's just letting somebody know that I am in pain, even if it's just accepting how much pain I'm in right now, it's what's the minimum deliverable, the thing that I know I can do that takes me in the direction of what I I, I want. So that's what micro shifting is. And Mm -hmm. how can that help people who are trying to manifest something in their life, just doing that, the micro shifting? Well, one of the reasons why we don't receive something is because it's out of alignment, out of whack with where we are now. Um, when I look at what science reveals to us about reality and how it works and look at what the ancients taught us about reality and how it works and just apply some good old fashioned common sense, we see that there are multiple aspects of ourselves that have to come into, into concert, into synchronous, into, into to synchronicity in order for us to achieve anything. Everything that we've got right now, pardon me, we have because we are aligned up, we are aligned, we are in harmony with that, the life that we have now and what we're feeling, what we're thinking, what we're doing. By that, I mean, you know, if I was to say to you, you know, go off and create a million dollars and then you started to feel emotionally uneasy about having a million dollars, how successful are you going to be even starting to get halfway towards creating a million dollars? If I was to tell you, you know, uh, I'm going off to go and have a, a new relationship but I'm still harboring the pain and trauma emotionally about past relationships or what happened to me as a child. How am I going to be able to hold vibrationally, emotionally, or even physically that relationship? If I don't believe I'm worthy of abundance, I don't believe I'm worthy of good health. I don't believe I'm worthy of love. How am I going to be able to hold the experience of these things? So micro shifting allows us to baby step into creating the alignment that allows us to actually hold these experiences versus being a slave to the experience that we have now that doesn't include those things that we desire. That's interesting. So it gets us closer to 
manifesting it because we will be more ready and we're going to be allowing it into our life. Exactly, exactly. I mean, what we want wants us to. What we want wants us to. Generally speaking, it's we that get in the way. You know, our limiting yes. beliefs, our non-vibrational match by being unaligned emotionally or us procrastinating or making choices that are disempowering in relationship to that intention, that desire, that manifestation that we want to see. So when we get out of the way and do that in baby steps, we start to allow the light to shine through. Remember that the mind's not our enemy, it's our friend. It's just going on the basis of, of the instruction that it's been given. So when we use micro shifting to introduce new instructions, we allow the mind and everything internally to support what we want to create. And then things start happening. Then the, the synchronicities increase, the opportunities start to flow and our choices, our habits and our behaviors start to match it and allow us to not just receive it, but to enjoy it also. Wonderful. Now you also mentioned in your bio, you mentioned some things about alignment and we hear mm -hmm. that word a lot now about aligning, mm -hmm. but how do, how would you describe alignment and how can it help you get closer to, you know, what, like you said, what you want is also wanting you. Mm -hmm. Well, alignment comes back to this idea of these different aspects of our reality that I mentioned a moment ago. You know, the idea that I have an emotional state that I hold, which is the first point of contact with vibrational frequency for those who speak that language. Then I've got my belief systems, the narratives and stories that I run on, my unconscious programs for those who speak that language. And then I've got my habits, my behaviors, what I'm embodying, where I am physically, the environment that I'm in. All of these things shape what I'm experiencing right now in my life. You know, we talk about mind over matter and we talk about crimes of passion. Our mind can be a slave to our emotional state and is in fact led by our emotional state. And the, the opportunities and the, the landscape of the mind is dictated by our emotional state, just like our physical reality is dictated by our mental state. The reticular activating system in the brain literally cuts us off from seeing anything that falls out of alignment with what we believe is possible. So if I want something, I have to be thinking thoughts and holding beliefs that support the choices that will receive it. And for me to think those thoughts, I have to be holding the emotional state that allows for those thoughts to be present in my experience. So alignment is bringing all of those things together to match the intention that I have for my life. Okay. And so how can someone get better at doing that at alignment and see, like you said, sometimes, so you said our mind doesn't see certain things because we don't think it's possible. So how can mm -hmm. people get closer to that to, to actually notice those things? A day at a time. And you know, one of the reasons why I'm so adverse to the whole cookie cutter approach is that no two people will have the same path because no people have had the same path, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, my way to create is going to, the, my way of dancing with the universe is going to be very dependent on my experience. Even the words that I'll use, the languaging that's going to have an effect on me, that the inputs I will need in order to overcome my limiting beliefs is going to be dependent on the inputs I understand. The, 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 the wordplay and the, the meaning that I attach to things is going to affect my ability to disrupt those thoughts. Uh, my desires are going to have a different cognitive connection between emotional states that I'd have in those, in those situations. You know, for one person, a Ferrari lights them up for another person. It makes them feel annoyed because you've all got different experiences. So choosing consciously to develop a personal relationship with yourself and with your reality, and then a day at a time, inviting yourself to start number one, spending more time 
in an environment that's conducive to the thoughts and emotions that will relate to what I want. And then number two, ensuring that I populate my environment with things that support the choices and the habits and behaviors that are going to lead to what I want to create and experience in my life. Nice. And now when you say cookie cutter, Mm -hmm. there's some advice, you know, that everybody should meditate or everyone Mm -hmm. should do yoga or whatever it is that there's Mm -hmm. kind of a prescription almost that's given, you know, you feel a certain way or your mind Mm -hmm. is racing. Well, you should meditate. So should, is that always the case that someone should meditate or would it be dependent on their experience or what their needs? I think it's dependent on the person and dependent on the intention. Two people aren't going to necessarily get to the same outcome the same way. And this whole thing of, you know, blanket prescriptions, a lot of people are then putting a lot of energy, forcing themselves to do something that they're not even aligned with anyway. For one person, they should meditate. For one person, they should go go for a walk in the mountains. For some people, they should go for a swim, a workout, or do some yoga, or maybe have a cup of coffee, right? Everybody's got their own path to the now, their own path to connecting from that part of themselves that's going to be able to heal and expand them to where they want to be. Okay. Like, yeah, expansion. And that's such a wonderful term now. Yeah, a lot of, what mm. do you have any advice for life right now? This may be hard, people. It's, a lot of things are very limiting, limited, mm-hmm. and we can internalize that and think, well, we can we limit what we can do, but it, there's always opportunities. There's always possibilities. But we have to be it's able just, to see those. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we have to be able to see those. And that again, comes down to, comes back to this idea of being in a conducive space to create. If I'm not in a conducive space to create, then I'm not going to be able to witness those opportunities, let alone step into them. So cultivating that relationship with myself that allows me to know what a conducive space is for me. So for example, I know meditation is a powerful practice that supports me personally. So I include it in my day. I start my day with it as much as possible. And I end my day with it as much as possible to create that bookended positive loop for me. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be for everyone. But because I know myself enough to know that that does work for me, It allows me to make the conscious choice to create the environment that's conducive for me to spend the time in between those um, acts of practice, living more abundantly, more joyfully, more at peace and better resourced to deal with the stuff that's going on right now. Right. Yes. Um, But I can't do that unless I know myself enough to know what my limits are and limitations, where I need support, where I need to uh, up my resources and what practices I need to do then to to maintain that space of, of, of coherence. Nice. And to now I'll shift a little bit. So you wrote a book and it's called The Money Game. So <laughs> what is that book about? People think it's all about money and it kind of is, but it's not about money for money's sake. What I wanted to do really was give people a tool to create their own reality and provide a measuring stick that will let you know how effective you are at creating the outcomes that actually come together to make your reality. You know, if I go out to go and create $100 and I create $100 following a specific series of steps, then I know that that specific series of steps are effective at me actually creating an outcome. I can now take those steps and apply it to creating health, creating better relationships, finding my purpose. And in the book, I actually break down how the model that I share can be used to create these other outcomes. So it's all about really providing a framework that allows people to consciously choose the outcomes that make up their life. I use money because number one, it's a great resource to be able to have more choice. Number two, a lot of people have shared with me over the years that money is the limiting thing that stops them having more joy or happiness, stops them being able to, to live the life that they want. But then number three, again, it's just that 
really easy to follow measuring stick of where I am in terms of my ability to create. Wonderful. And so can one manifest money? That's, you know, sometimes people in kind of the more spiritual community or healing, they don't want to talk about money, but it's necessary for survival. Mm -hmm. And how can one manifest more money? First and foremost, we have to accept that the relationship that we have to money is going to be reflected in the amount of money that we have. And if I'm repelling it because I don't think, you know, I've got an opinion about it. I mean, money doesn't have an opinion. Money is just a physical representation of an energy that's available for us to use to exchange with others. That's all it is. When I reject that exchange, what I'm actually doing is I'm rejecting a tool, a very powerful tool for me to have more choice. So if I can get beyond that and look at the relationship, then I can ask myself the question, what is my relationship to this energy of exchange? And when I understand what the relationship is, I can then start to set the the terms for what I want the relationship to be. Is it going to be that I have more that comes to me without me working? Maybe it's going to be that I want to work for it, but I want to have it in ease and flow. Maybe it's going to be that it comes to me through me doing things that I love. Because at the end of the day, money always comes through other people. And that's, I think when we look at the, uh, the manifesting of money, we lose sight of the fact that that money that we're seeking to manifest must come through another human being. It comes through mm-hmm. exchange. Otherwise we're either robbing someone or we're creating an imbalance because we've taken money from them and not given them something in return. You know, when we look at selling, for example, which becomes a dirty word, especially in in our little world here. <laughs> but for me, I see selling as just the opportunity for me to have an exchange with someone where I liberate them from some pain. That's it. You know, if someone comes to one of my programs or pays me to speak or even, you know, uh, buys a piece of real estate from my real estate business or whatever, then what's happening is, is that I'm stepping up to provide a service to them where they're going to be liberated from some pain. And by me doing that, I'm actually serving them. And by my serving them, I'm actually, you know, fulfilling effectively the role of me as being an expression of God, because I'm allowing the universe to provide to someone the opportunity for their prayer to be answered, the thing that they need to be provided. And in exchange, I receive money that gives me the opportunity to have more choice, to have more experiences and to live my life the way that I want to live it too. That's a really wonderful way to to look at it. I like that. So it provides something for them that serves them. Mm-hmm. And if and that's not happening, takes away then, pain. and if that's not happening, then I should be doing something else. If I don't <laughs> feel that the thing that I'm ser- that I'm selling is serving others, then I shouldn't be selling it. Then I'm out of integrity. Whereas I know that everything that my various entrepreneurial endeavors do meets someone at a place of need and serves them from a place of integrity. I always give more value than I receive in, in money. And I do so because it makes me feel good to, to, to continue to expand and to add value to people's lives. That's supporting the very nature of the universe, which is growth and expansion. And I feel good about that. And so I'll continue to do it. And if I didn't feel good about it, I wouldn't do it. That's a really good way to look at it. And so you said you're a, uh, you have multiple entrepreneurial ventures. And there's yeah. a lot of people who want to do that. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask you for all of them unless you want to, to give them, but there's a lot of people who want to do that and and they're hesitant to do it. Mm. It's, you know, it's scary it can be. and it relies a lot on, you know, self-reliance and it's not guaranteed of course, Yeah, but it's very liberating. So uh- and when you look at it, we're kind of trained to be worker bees. If you look at the education yes. system and the construct of, of society generally in the West, 
it's you go to school where they teach you the very Victorian style of workhouse um, mentality. The bell rings, you mm-hmm. get up, you sit down, you, you do what you're told. We're not taught to be independent. We're taught to have handouts. And I think that's why a lot of people have really struggled with the pandemic and everything that went on with 2020 and going into 2021, because we don't have independence. We're taught to be sheep following instruction. Mm-hmm. When those instructions aren't given, we have a meltdown and we don't know what to do. Right. When it comes to entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship demands of us that we're ready to step out independently to create. And not everyone's ready for that. You know, I tell some people you shouldn't consider entrepreneurship, just find a job that's aligned with you because you don't have the resources or the wherewithal to be successful at that. And you're just going to put yourself in a space of stress. Um, it's one of the reasons why just, um, I think about two weeks ago, I just launched a, a new business supporting people creating financial freedom as a done for you service. So it doesn't demand that they actually do stuff. Everything's done for them in a very straightforward way, whether it's through real estate, e-commerce or franchising. And we support people in doing that so that they can have the freedom to get to know themselves enough to decide, do I want to step into entrepreneurship? Do I want to create a job for myself that I actually like through self-employment? Or do I want to retire and live on a beach in Tahiti? But when you've got the freedom and the time to actually make those choices, you can do so more deliberately in an expansive way versus, oh my God, I've got to pay the bills and <laughs> I've got mm-hmm. to do the college fund and all the all of the things. So yeah, that's how I feel about that. Nice. And so, like you said, it's not suit. It's not suitable for everybody, no. and that's okay. And, and that's, that's okay. okay. And that's beautiful, because if if everyone was an entrepreneur, <laughs> that'd be pretty boring. Yeah, <laughs> very busy Facebook feeds as well, but definitely oh, yeah, very boring. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> and some people, you know, you said worker bees, but some people could probably use some of this to find a job that aligns with them too. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, you can be fulfilled. Uh, not everybody, but some people yeah. can be fulfilled. But, you know, there's a lot of very unfulfilling jobs. <laughs> but and could you use some of this to to find that as well? A hundred percent. I mean, in the money game, I even teach you how to use the, the tools to create the career that you want or to get promotion at work. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote a blog, oh God, before this website that I've got now. I don't know where it is on the internet, but it's somewhere. And it's called The Whistling Garbage Man is the name of the blog. And um, it actually looks at the fact that Everything that we don't want to do, there's someone in the world that actually gets off on it. So rather than us actually taking up space that's not for us, let's find where our place is because there's there's a key for every door. There's a, there's a hat for every head and for every job, there's someone that will be in a space of joy doing it. So focus on creating a life where you have the power to choose what you're doing with your time so that it lifts you up and uplifts you because life wasn't made for us to suffer. It's made for us to be expanded and joyful. And a job is where we spend most of our time. It's how we generally make our beans. So let's mm-hmm. take this power to create and use it to create uh, an outcome whereby where we're spending our time is something we actually want to do, not that we have to do or that we hate to do. Absolutely. And you had mentioned before, it would make a very crowded Facebook feed if <laughs> people were, everybody was an entrepreneur. So how can, how can one, you, you know, use these principles if they want to stand out, whether they're promoting a business, mm-hmm. podcast, artistic, you know, there's many things that social media can be used for to yeah. promote, but it's very crowded right now. Right. Yeah. Cause everybody thinks that they're a life coach and everybody thinks that they're a consultant and everyone thinks that they're a, a guru and all of the things. And I mean, I'm not crapping on it because everybody that's actually changing lives right now started 
probably just that same way, you know, believing themselves before someone else did. But ultimately, I think it comes down to, I, I teach a lot about archetypes, you know, creating a personalized um, array of profiles to understand myself. And even when we go into things like human design, which looks at how we dance with energy, not everybody should be out there promoting themselves because energetically, they're not going to be naturally aligned with that. So again, it comes down to knowing myself and where I have the most flow with life. All of my programs talk about archetypes. Um, even when we're doing the financial freedom stuff, we still take people through their archetypes. When I do working with entrepreneurs, with business people, we're looking at archetypes because when I understand where my natural flow is, there's going to be a lot less resistance me stepping into it. So whether the outcome is attracting people to my business, listeners to my podcast, people to read my blog, where do I dance with the universe with the most flow? And then step into that wholly and completely. I love that. I think that can really help people because a lot of times, and I've done this too, you kind of look at what, oh, this person's been very successful, just mm-hmm. you know, recording videos or whatever it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that might not work for me or for someone else. Cookie cutters should be left for cookies, I think. Yes. <laughs> and yes. not for people's lives, right? Everybody's got their own path, you know, comparanoia sets in and all these other things mm-hmm. actually just imp- disempowering us versus knowing myself enough to write my own path and then stepping into that with, with, with wholeness, um, with, with excitement, with positive expectation, with gusto, and then following the breadcrumbs that lead me to the manifestation of what, of what I want through that path. Wonderful. And then you also have something else that you built. It's called the four step beyond intention paradigm. Mm-hmm. And do you, you, you still uh, use that as well? Is that yeah. Something that you have? Beyond intention under, underpins everything for me. It's it's the, the gift that allows us to choose. That's what it effectively does. I think life is a connection of, of choices that become outcomes that are memories, the present moment, and expectations. And when I have dominion over those choices, I can come to the present moment enough more deeply and through that depth of nowness, choose the outcomes to come. I can reframe my emotional relationship to memories and I can choose to be present enough in the now to actually make those new choices. If I have that power to choose, I can create anything, anything at all. And the four steps of beyond intention that I speak about in my book, Stepping Beyond Intention, gives us the power to do that. Nice. Well, that's really wonderful. And now, so how can people work with you? It sounds like you help people with archetypes, financial freedom, starting business, and some of these programs. So how can people get in touch with you and work with you? And, and what kind of, what are a couple of things you offer? Well, definitely my, my website, dreamwithdan.com is always the best place to go because everything's there. If there's any free workshops and web classes, they're going to be on the events page. I've got free resources there. My books and uh, the Do It Down podcast are also there. You know, that's always going to be the best place to go because everything that's happening is always going to be going to be there on the website. I would really encourage people to get a taste for what I do through a, a free video I've got on my website called How to Be a Harmonious Money Magnet. It's right there on the on the front page. It will give you access to it. Um, but that will actually give you a taste for how I look at reality. And if that's something that's aligned with you, then go ahead and get in contact. You can use the contact form on the website or you know connect with me on social media. And we can definitely see if there's some alignment with me being able to support where you want to be with your life um, and to do so in a way that feels good for you. Great. So yeah, all your, you can get all of your social media and everything from everything's on the website. Yeah. But, but really I focus on 
taking the power of choice and using it to create a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. Whether that's more abundance in your finances, in your relationships, in your health, in your meaning and purpose. Ultimately, I believe all of these things are connected. I just happen to use financial abundance as the gateway to creating change in those things because it's measurable. And also it's just more fun to have more choice and money is a thing that allows us to have more choice. That's definitely true. Definitely. And so do you have anything to share with our listeners before we sign off today? Um, first and foremost, thank you so much for, for this opportunity. And if those who are from my audience are listening to this, be sure to subscribe and support this web, this, uh, this podcast. That will mean the world to me. But, you know, for everybody that's tuning in, it's just take it a day at a time and, and, and live life on your terms, not on the terms that someone else has said that you should be doing it or that you have to do it. Just make a conscious choice about what you want from your life. Ask yourself what feels good and does no harm and move more deeply into that a day at a time. Thank you. That's a wonderful message. And thank you so much for being a great guest. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You too. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day and enjoy Cabo. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell I'm a little jealous. (laughs) I'll do my best. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you, Daniel. Thank you so much. Susan, you remember the time we were in Orange County? We were driving around and we got lost. And we ran into this place called Avila's El Ranchito. You remember the place? The place had awesome decor and authentic margaritas. Did you know that Avila's El Ranchito has been around since 1966? They have 13 locations throughout Orange County. Visit Salvador Avila's location in Lake Forest and Foothill Ranch for great food, ambiance and specialty margaritas. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. If you have any questions for me or for Daniel, visit my website teaspoonofhealing.com and click on contact. Also, if you're there, You can check out other episodes of the podcast. And if you want, maybe let me know what you want to hear on the podcast. And also don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein.